What would you say you do here? There's not a single job in this town. There's nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. What if this is as good as it gets? You want answers? My job is to make sure that you do your job pretty much in your face. I want the truth! Looks like you've been missing a lot of work lately. You can't handle the truth! This is going to be a great day. It is Saturday, and no matter what the weather, it is going to be a great day, and we hope that you will use this program to start your Saturday and your new business week. I'm Gary Owen, along with Mike Whitaker, and we are thanking you for joining us on this week's edition of In Business with Mike Whitaker. How are you doing, Guy? Good morning. I'm, gr- I'm doing great. How Have are you? business week? You know, I'm finding a lot of opportunities to speak and uh, deal with a variety of topics in business. It's, it is a good business week. Did a trip out to uh, Seattle mm-hmm. to uh, stir up some business. And, uh, you know, it's fun to get out and travel and experience uh, what different cities are doing and where the vibrancy is coming from. And and uh, so how is, the, how is the uh, attitude in that part of the country right now? You know, business Seattle climate. is the number, I think it's number six, uh, VC, venture capitals, uh, you know, Really, City number six. Number six. It's a very progressive. Uh, you know, a lot of startups, a lot of dot coms uh, started there. Uh, a lot of very progressive companies, but but I would say the attitude there is simply a, it's very organic. Things are developed within, and it, mm. uh, it it it's it's a very healthy environment in all respects. Uh, I compliment the city for. Uh, so it's infectious for you as a CEO. I, well, I think you're you're making a mistake if you don't get out of the state and yeah. uh, go network with people in progressive areas other than the one you live in, because mm-hmm. you know that pulls you into the new next opportunities. You find out what other people are doing. You get out to the coast and you find out what's going on a little more overseas. Oh yeah, because you know you're the traveling and sure. travelers are coming through there and. So it's good exposure. So I had a nice trip to Seattle, and uh, the city is city's wonderful. This week's show, uh, we're going to talk about startup, business startup. Now, last week uh, we had uh, uh, the sales tune-up, and, of course, any business involves some sense of sales. But uh, and what was the reaction to some of uh, you know, the content? Yeah, you know, as week? we say, this show is for the number one group who will determine our society's prosperity for a generation, you know, successful business people. And what is success in business without sales? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Everything starts with a sale. And uh, so uh, the listeners, I think uh, the feedback we received was about, uh, um, from one, you know, I can't believe that you want me to, you know, terminate my lowest salespeople now in the middle of a recession, Mm -hmm. uh, to what a relief I have permission now to, uh, you know, just really focus upon my highest performers and try to find more of them and steal them from my competition. You know, it's really in the chess game, who's working the strategy? Uh, uh, Who's running their sales department with the measuring the right things, which is the calls, the call activity, the number of appointments they get or the quotes they get to do. So uh, I got compliments on the fundamentals. We, we proposed our guest, Patrick Spawn, uh, you know, compliments on you know, his knowledge. And, uh, you know, it's all good business. And I think the listeners that tune into that show, and you can still catch it on the website. Yes. Uh, but it is worth, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to somebody in business to understand those concepts we discussed in that show. If you've just joined us, you're waking up with In Business with Mike Whitaker. And I want to tell you, well, you normally do this at the beginning of the show, to tell you, those of you who are new to this program, getting used to the content, this is a show for the number one group who will determine our society's prosperity for a generation. Successful business people, the challenges we face, the answers we need, the debates that make us better, the motivation we need to take risks every day. And if you're an entrepreneur, you know that. 
this show is for the person who makes a living in business and wants to do better and personally feel more confident about their approach. But this show is also about people who work for business. That's right. People who are in management, people who are employees, people who are maybe employees concerned about business security. Maybe you're an employee who wants to be motivated to help your employer make that business more successful. All of that is really beneficial to the to listening to this show. Now, Mike, I want you to give our listeners because uh, we're constantly gaining new listeners. I want to I want you to give them a short bio about your background as a business person because sure. you didn't. I mean, you weren't a CEO overnight. You started no, as absolutely a not. Small business person. I had I had goals that were probably greater than my capability very early on. But you know, in in college, even I started my first couple businesses in college. Uh, even had one in high school. You know, and and. Uh, went through school and uh, you know we did the uh, master's degree at o- Oklahoma University uh, MBA program and began building a business on my own after after that uh, degree uh, at the age of 24 I received my last paycheck from someone else and uh, just kept going and uh, my my insight into what it takes to build a successful business and I had some great and continue to have great mentors. I'm a use, I am a person who believes in the using uh, mentors and I, yes. it's a win-win. I, I give them attention and I give them uh, feedback and I thank them all the time and they give me years and years of w- wisdom before I would ever be able to be able to attain it on my own. So There's a lot of people who are listening to this program that may be employees uh, that are not business owners but have thought seriously, whether it's security, whether it's mm-hmm. challenge, something they want to do about starting a business, which is the theme of our show this week. Where we're going to take you through the top considerations for getting started in your business is what this show is about today. And the, some of the struggles, some of the challenges that you may have, but the rewards are just endless. And Mike and I both are business uh, owners. We uh, run a couple of businesses, and we hope that through our sharing this week, uh, you'll benefit from our experience. We can relate, right? Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> but I tell you, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I would have a hard time going back to work for someone else. You know, that's right. Once you've experienced it and once you can have confidence that you can handle it, uh, there, is, there, is nothing, there is nothing better if, if, you know, balance in life and self-direction is something you enjoy. And you know, we always talk about this week, uh, the topic is important to you at some point, you know, and if you're not start thinking about starting your own business, you know, listen in because someone you know needs to or will. Right. Uh, you know, the, the numbers are even greater now than they were a year ago. So uh, this is an important topic and you could find yourself coaching, you know, a family member, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a peer, and uh, you could say that one thing you heard on the show that helps them pause and be better prepared. That's right. So now, some people might say in this uh, uh, economy right now, well, I'd like to start a business, but there's nowhere to get uh, capital. Well, we're going to talk about that next week. Where did the growth capital go? Um, we're going <laughs> to talk about some financial issues, but that'll be next week's show, so yeah, you want to clear it up. That's a big question because yeah, it uh, it's like uh, a flock of quail. Yeah. It's just gone, poof. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're going to identify where it went and where it's sitting right now, uh, and we'll have a very astute guest on the show from the private equity world. So that'll be that'll be good. What do you got in business news this week? You know, a couple things uh, jumped out. Uh, one is uh, good news uh, that uh, you know for the first time in uh, 18 months, U.S. manufacturing activity appears to have hit bottom in its decline, and it's going to start upward in the next month and climbing back. New orders jumped to a two-year high this last month. You know, wow. and what that means is this is a sign that inventories, you know, have hit bottom, and they have to the people have to start ordering again. They yep. they used up all they could, and uh, you may have experienced that in your own pantry. You know, uh, that last you know last thing of whatever it was you were storing. 
Uh, the good news is that for manufacturers is that people still need their products and the reorders must come sometime because mm-hmm. we do consume. Yep. So that's good news. Uh, you know, manufacturers have been uh, been hit and they needed they needed to hear that. So hopefully that's a continuing uh, trend back up. Uh, on the other hand, because it's important to know you know where Oklahoma rides within this wave. Um, it, we in Oklahoma paid out an all-time record of uh, 64,000 jobless claims uh, this last month, and we've already paid this year more money out in jobless uh, claims than all of last year. You know, for employers, this means you have a lot to choose from when you're ready to what, ready to hire. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means that if you sell only to Oklahomans, we haven't yet hit bottom in purchasing power or consumer confidence here, Gary. So. Just that's something to think about is that, you know, hopefully you sell outside the state and you can mix and diversify your, your exposure. But, you know, as people always say, and when I moved away from Oklahoma, people didn't believe me. And I moved back to Oklahoma and, and I see it again and again is that Oklahoma is somewhat insulated. You know, we were the we are the last to yeah. in especially in like housing and mm-hmm. to hit hit the recession. But we also are um, later to be affected and that the, our low will be later than everyone else's. So maybe our low won't be as bad. But just in the state, it's important to know that uh, we're just now hitting the low in terms of unemployment. So, uh, And then you had one. Yeah, and this is good about you talk about employment, talk about creating jobs. Right now, construction totaling $534 million is underway in Oklahoma City on five building projects at the Oklahoma Health uh, Center. And um, for those of you that uh, live outside of Oklahoma City, that's basically east of Bricktown and Deep Deuce area. Uh, and it's going to be marvelous. Um, uh, the M- Dean uh, McGee Eye Institute and the Oklahoma Medical Research Foundation and construction of the OU Children's Physicians Building and the Cancer Institute uh, are just uh, part of the project. And also a $25 million embassy suites and a $4 million uh, headquarters for the Oklahoma Independent Petroleum Association on land the agency controls in the Health Center District will also be underway. So great news, a lot of job creation there. Uh, says a lot about uh, Oklahoma City's economy. I like that combination, healthcare and natural resources. I think that's pretty solid, don't you? Uh, absolutely. You, you know that that complex that the Health Science Center area has become since you know they first started redoing it in the in the early nineties. It's become uh, what reminds me of something like the Research Triangle in Raleigh Durham, North Carolina area. Oh, yeah. Something they're very famous for. It's really becoming a mecca for um, progressive uh, research and investment. So uh, very excited about that. Coming up, we're going to be talking about starting a business. Uh, how do you do that? Where do you start? How do you get money for that? And what are the challenges that you may face as an entrepreneur? We're going to talk more about that and a lot more stuff. I want to remind you, Mike's website is www.mikewhitaker.com. More to come when we come back in business with Mike Whitaker. Your IRS helper here. Look, there are people out there who want to steal your identity. So protect yourself. Only use IRS.gov, the official IRS website, and never give out your personal financial information by phone or email. If you do find out someone's using your social security number for fraudulent tax purposes, tell the IRS right away. That's a serious no-no. IRS.gov. See how it can help you. I want to tell you that uh, you can get the top 10 questions that you can ask yourself about right-sizing your situation, both personally and professionally, by signing up for Mike's free electronic newsletter, Smart Biz. By going to his website at the bottom of the homepage, you'll see the very brief form. Your email address is never shared with anyone, so feel free to sign up. And by signing up, 
you will have access to more content that can help you and the business you do each day. It's a very informative website, MikeWhitaker.com. Ever notice when you have a baby, everyone seems to give you advice? From your mother-in-law, don't you know you can't take that baby out in the rain today? And where is her hat? To your own parents. You should take the baby outside every day, even in the rain. To your friends. You have got to get this diaper cream. It is so much better than the one you've been using. When it comes to the important stuff, like immunizations and protecting my baby's health, I trust my baby's doctor. She really listens to my questions about shots, she gives me great information, and she works with me to make sure my baby gets protected. And that's something even my mother-in-law can agree with. Honey, I totally support you getting the baby vaccinated, but really, shouldn't you put the baby's hat back on? A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you're a business owner, this song does not apply to you because exactly. you don't work 9 to 5. <laughs> Gary, I was like, going to ask you. It's more like 9 to 10. And that's nine, and actually, make that. let me back up on that. It's more like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. or midnight. I mean, I, would, I was going to ask you, Gary, you know, this song was written in the 70s, I think. Did yeah. people in the 70s, because I don't remember, uh, work 9 to 5? Do you remember? Sure. Because that's your era. Sure, sure, absolutely. Those if you were just on <laughs> payroll. Or eight thirty to I mean, four thirty. I, I can't fathom a time where nine was acceptable. The world was moving at eight. Administrative. There were a lot of administrative positions that, uh, yeah, I think wow. were that nine to five, depending on the corporate entity that you worked at. We'll, we'll uh, talk about why. I course, know exactly why. Of course, today now people have choices. They can what? What is the what is the term where you telecommute? Work? Well, now what is the term where you work four days and you get an extra oh, flex, day? Flex, flex time. Yeah, yeah flex yeah, time. Flex schedule, so right. yeah, we're going to talk this week with Mike Whitaker about how to start up a business. Now, both Mike and I have been there, been there more than once, mm-hmm. uh, starting a couple of businesses and. How do you do that? What are the struggles? Do I have to go out and get a loan to do this? If I do that, what kind of money can I look at? Well, it depends on your business. depends on where you're going to be located. Depends. I mean, there's lots of variables right. here. So know that a lot of what we say here may not apply to your particular business, but we're trying to cover the broad spectrum here. And I would add to that that if you have a business currently, you know, you understand that it would be nice if you had another product line or another yeah. division. So what Expand. you can use, you can use these fundamentals we're going to talk to. That's right. To think about, well, how do I expand a new unit of my business without contaminating the original? And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. That expansion is actually a startup. Okay? If you don't consider it a startup, you will bleed off valuable energy and resources from your original cash flowing business. You can't do that. Startups happen inside current businesses as well as brand new businesses. So hopefully you can apply those things. You know, and let's set the stage, Gary. You know, uh, you and I are in business, as you talked about, but mm-hmm. let's set the stage for what currently is going on if you're thinking about or want to understand what it takes to start a business. First of all, you know, with all the unemployment, we're talking about, you know, close to uh, a real number is above 10% uh, of Americans who are employable. So we're talking about a number of about 12 million people are looking for work and cannot find it right now. Mm-hmm. 7% of those, when they're surveyed, say they will want to start a job, uh, sorry, start a business. 
uh, instead of going back and looking for a job. And now they may have a good idea. They may think, well, I'm tired of looking. But 7%, okay, that's, we're talking about almost a million people. Wow. You know, uh, that that's what a shot in the arm for entrepreneurism. But there's a lot of uncertainty there. So another thing I look at is that, you know, 51% of workers over 40 say when the recession is over, they intend to look for a better position. And 71% of workers 20 to 35 say the same thing. What does that tell you mm. in terms of, you know, the grass being greener, you know, on the other side of the fence? What's wrong with where they're at? What makes them think that there will be a better position? Is this like the professional football teams with free agency? All of a sudden, we're just going to switch chairs. You go play for that team and I'll play for this team and we'll switch over a few years. I mean, because if everyone thinks they're going to look for something better, my, my guess is they're not going to find it because if that many people at one time are dissatisfied with the current situation – it's probably the whole pot has been contaminated with, we're just kind of in a downturn. And yeah. we've got to find some ways to get out of this. But when people switch, it isn't always for the betterment of the, betterment of the team. We all know that in, in sports. And so it's interesting to people's motivations. But the, the overall point to these statistics is that not everyone's happy. And, and okay, one of the ways you can, you can find a way out of that is starting your own business. But why? Uh, let me ask you this: Don't you think that the negativism in the media, in the mainstream media, is causing a lot of negativism in our society? It's creating insecurities. It's creating decision making. It's creating a, a lot of that. You know, one of the things about being a successful entrepreneur is positive thinking, mm-hmm. positive proactiveness. What you let in, yeah, right. And so, if you allow the negativism of news to affect your psyche it affects every choice you make you know yeah on this topic about starting the business i think about and i'll be on a brief soapbox here i think about the folks that are willing and able to go out and start their own businesses it's a very small percent of the population and that leaves everyone else and everyone else is looking for answers from someone else Mm -hmm. but the the group of people that'll take the initiative what a powerful group oh sure but that leaves a whole lot of other people voters who want someone else to provide them the Band-Aid, the yeah. government. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it just – I wonder how that all shakes out. So certainly uh, the folks that are interested and in, in willing and putting out the effort to start a new business, we're, we're really trying to serve them today in this program. Um, let's talk about also um, the fact that uh, education, you know, in terms of setting the stage for we are the most educated we've ever been in terms of what is available in the world for opportunity, meaning right. that I can tell you quickly by a Google search what the competition is in any segment I might want to start a business. I can do, um, you know, a New York City coffee shop, and I can tell you mm-hmm. pretty quickly that there's 2,000 competitors. Or I can Google something and find nothing and say, wow, there might be an opportunity there. So we have the ability to educate ourselves very quickly now on opportunities and then quickly become an expert because the research is so available. and Education is something that people used to think they had to go earn slowly. Yeah, you know, it used to be a right of uh, of only the upper class. You know, mm-hmm. but but you can be educated without a degree on a topic so quickly now that it gives the average person a real opportunity that they didn't used to have. So mm-hmm. I want to make that point too. And while you're on that subject, mm-hmm. let's talk about education for a moment. A lot of people may only have an average high school education; mm-hmm. they don't have MBAs and mm-hmm. business degrees right. like you have. Right. Uh, and they would love to start a business. They're they're concerned that well, I I don't have all this education, but I I feel like I can run a business. Again, do your homework. Well, and separate that. That's a great point you make. Separate. Let that person be the the expert on the topic. You know whatever whatever the topic is. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 
I met a fellow in Seattle, in fact, this last week. I love this story. Uh, Burton Brother Ice Cream. This, this guy, uh, David Burton, uh, in the suburb of Seattle, has a, a, a company called Burton Brother Ice Cream. They make it all in the white oak hang, hand-cranked uh, barrels that we all oh, did as kids. No kidding. But they make the specialty flavors. Like, I had a, a lime ice cream you can't find anywhere. Not sure, but, but ice cream, it just made you... It was like a dream, and then a you know that pucker at the end. You know, it was amazing. Wow. Well, he he had a a, a to- coffee toffee English toffee ice cream that was to die for, and these different flavors. And I said, "What what do you do? What drives you?" And he says, "I experiment, and I bring people mm. ice cream flavors that they can't get anywhere else." And I said, "Great, stick to that." So he was the, the ex- niche. He was the but but he but production was a capacity was a problem. Yeah. You know, when he's making ice cream, he's sure. not selling. Right. And he has to staff the farmer's markets where they're selling at. So the point is, to your point about, um, you know, being educated enough and an expert enough to do everything, my answer is stick to the topic no one else knows and hire the rest. Uh-huh. Part-time. You know, you outsource professional services. You know, mm-hmm. you do not have to be an expert at everything, but you have to be the expert in the one thing you're delivering, which is your unique selling proposition. In his case, it was the best darn ice cream flavor I ever had. Wow. And he should stick to that. And so, uh, but education is available to everyone by educating yourself on the topic and sticking to that. Um, you know, and then we talk about, too, the romance and, and or the necessity of being in business for yourself. You know, 600,000 businesses are started every year, but less than half of those make it five years. And that's an SBA statistic. Wow. And that, but so what? 600,000 people every year are trying something different, mm-hmm. and half of them make it. And, if, you know, great, because the other half learned a lot along the way. And the other half, the next year may make it, or, the other, you know, in two, three years, or what have you. So um, just know there's a lot of company here. And if you don't try, you'll never find out. And so that's a, I thought that was interesting. Let's talk about the trend of job longevity. You know, the trend for the last 15 years has been a lot like what free agency did to professional football. Uh, the trend is the average person moves on about every four and a half years. Now, that didn't used to be the way it was. You know, you had people that would t- talk about retiring in a company, right? Yeah. So now what you have is more of a free agent where the needs of the company at the moment are satisfied by a, p- a per- person of talent at the moment that was available and you slug them in there and they work the process and the, the assignment until it's no longer viable and then they move on. Now the efficiency of for the company is, is very high and the efficiency for the highly skilled worker is also very good. It's good for them. They're well paid for their work. It's a lot like what free agency did for the best free agents in football. But that also tells you something too about how employers and how you need to think about what you are. In, in, in a job, you are plugged in to a task, to a need, and the longevity for that is only if you are moving and improving and, and gradually adapting to the changes needed in the business. If It's kind of like that universal Swiss Army knife. If you could pick one tool, if you're the Swiss Army knife in the business, yeah, you have job security. But if you're, a, if you're just a simple you know, utility tool and you can be replaced with someone else as they need it, then you're not necessarily going to be somebody who can choose your own longevity. And I think that we talk about why, and we're going to get into the next segment, uh, is to, further is why it's a good time to talk about doing your own business. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, if you're looking for a business mentor, if you're serious about starting a business and you're looking for some business mentorship, uh, ask Mike. His website is www.mikewhitaker.com, and that's spelled W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R, mikewhitaker.com. And uh, he is a wealth of information, let me tell you. We've got a lot more to come in business with Mike Whitaker.
If you're a member of a nonprofit or business organization and you'd like Mike to be a guest speaker for a conference, luncheon, or banquet, visit MikeWhitaker.com. That's spelled W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. MikeWhitaker.com for all the details. Mike would love to come and speak for your group. Uh, by the way, before we move along, uh, Mike, we have something special each week we like to do for our listeners, and I want you to talk about that. The uh, Frequent Listener Program? Frequent Listener Program. Yes, yes. yes. We got a, uh, each week a keyword we're giving out to people to uh, do 10 in a row, 10 weeks in a row, and if you're one of those dedicated individuals to give us the list of 10 words back to us at the end of the 10 weeks, uh, you'll get an autographed copy of my new book, uh, Entrepreneur Prison, and you will be featured on the show somehow, some way. There's a group of people that we are excited to feature. So, and this week's word is startup. Startup akin to starting a business. All so, right. And uh, if you want to, hopefully everybody's been keeping track of the the words each week. So. Absolutely. And you can replay the shows to get the words yes, on the website. That's so, right. uh, we were talking about uh, some trends at the stage for why you should be thinking about doing your own thing in business, at least somewhat now. And the point overriding this why segment was and is. It's no longer an elective thing in that if you want to play the odds in your favor, the odds are better for you and your family if you do something where you are independently self-directed on your own because that way you're less vulnerable to the changes of things, you know, you know up and down in, in trends and businesses and employment and those kind of things. So mm-hmm. it's no longer, Gary, a, an elective in my view. Okay, uh, The trend, we talked about job, job longevity. You know, It's much shorter. You can't count on it, and that's to the betterment of businesses and the high performers in business. Those people benefited. If you're not a high performer, then you find that threatening. You yeah. know? And so um, then the next thing is the trend on job productivity. You know, Most people don't realize that for 20 years, we've had 2 to 3% a year, up to 6% in a lot of the years in the 2000s of productivity gains by the average worker. Every year for 20 years. We, in other words, if you just say the average is 3, for 20 years at 3% a year, you've almost doubled the productivity of the average worker in the United States in 20 years through computers and software, automation. This kind of, well, no wonder you know, we haven't had the job growth in a lot of ways because this next statistic threw me for a loop, and it's amazing. It came out this week. From 1998 to 2008, with the numbers at the end of 2008, there were zero net jobs gained in the United States. What do you, does that surprise well, you? Well, I've always said, and, and this is the scary part about technology. Now, uh, many of our listeners know I do a technology talk show on these uh, affiliates. And one of the things I've always been concerned about as technology continues to improve, get better, mm-hmm. get faster, is is man putting himself out of work? Well, you know, in, you know I'm, I'm a classic e- economic you know, uh, follower of the, of the theory that we are always creating and putting resources to a higher-valued use, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We are in the middle of a transition of putting these human resources to a higher-valued use. And it went from manufacturing going overseas to what are we doing with this talent now? And we're in the middle of that. I actually will tell my grandkids someday, I lived through the transition from the skill worker to the knowledge worker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a it's not something fast and everybody wants it to hurry up and fix itself, but it's a it's a it's a generational change. So the productivity gains uh, we've had uh, have, have made it possible to be less necessary as an employee. So again back to the why should you start your own yeah. business? On the other hand too, 
productivity in software and technology allows you as a small business person to act and seem like a big business. There's, there's, you know, IP phone networks. I can be mobile and I can have a voicemail system that makes me look like a million bucks. Yes. Right. I can have a virtual attendant. I can ha- I can hire people to do things all over the world with technology. It's so inexpensively. I can look like a Fortune 1000 company, and they wouldn't know any different. You know, because mm-hmm. of the technology, I can bridge in in in, in a new business startup. What I can you, have a what, website. What do you say to people who have been in business a long time that are, let's say, in their early to mid fifties? Okay, mm-hmm. and they're it, it's you know they say it's hard to train an old dog new tricks, and technology is intimidating. You know, you see a lot of successful young entrepreneurs who are. They're they're into right. the iPhones. They're into right. the the new communication uh, advantages of Twitter and Facebook, mm-hmm. and they're taking advantage of those not only in communication but also in their marketing strategies. What do you say to people like that? Well, I I know I don't get all of this stuff. What do you say? You to know people what? Like that? I have never heard those people you're referring to in the, the the older group. Those folks though are never shy about what they know. Mm-hmm. They're you know they know a whole lot. The folks that are younger that know technology know very little. In terms, of, in terms of depth of experience mm-hmm. and or in a particular topic, yeah. but they know how to do a lot of things. Exactly. So what I like to do, and I personally do it, um, I make sure I'm working with one of those people that you understands. Invest, you, you bring them on board. Right. Or you mm-hmm. hire them by the hour, whatever it takes, because, you know, it's a good combination. I should not spend time figuring out how to adjust my network settings yes. of doing this, that, and the yes, other. I spend right. time on my product. That's right. So um, and you know the success uh, the the secret to success of any business owner is to surround yourself with people who are knowledgeable in those particular right. fields. I don't care whether it's technology, whether it's that's marketing, right. whether it's sales. You surround. That's what right. makes you a successful business person. So we talk about uh, what's going on in these trends of why we need to think about our own businesses. That there's the idea of fragmented jobs, or what I call, you know, it's been called chunking. Employers are figuring out how to take a 40-hour work week and break it down into smaller jobs and, mm-hmm. and outsource some of them, and they're getting more efficient at how they look at it. Rather than have a, you know, pay for somebody to be available, they can hire it out when they need it. You know, right. like network uh, networks maintenance or things like that. So mm-hmm. fragmented jobs are something that's not going to change. That trend is important. But what when, when it happens, if you think about it. As your own business, you can be the fragmented outsource or resource That's right. for those businesses, and That's it brings right. opportunity. Um, you know, and I talked about the knowledge worker. You know, guess what? You know, who has the power in the next twenty years? It's, it is the knowledge worker. You know, there's sixty million retirees in the next twenty years. Mm. They know their stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to leave businesses. It's the number one threat to business is the knowledge workers as they retire are being replaced by people who have technical experience but not the depth of knowledge. And the kids to, behind them don't care yet, mm-hmm. don't know that, that what they don't know. And right. the businesses are trying are, are going to be rapidly trying to grab what knowledge are we going to lose when these baby boomers retire. So the 20 to 35-year-olds, you know, they're more used to a free agent mentality. They're hired for their skills versus their years of experience, you know, and specific knowledge about Well, and when you look at mentorship, which is something, obviously, you do now in, mm-hmm. in the early game of your career, but those who are retiring, look at our part-time business opportunities. Because you're going to retire doesn't mean you have to retire. You can you, do this part-time. You anchor mentors. your knowledge. Yes, you know, your absolutely. knowledge is the one thing you cannot rush. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and the difference between the knowledge worker and the trade worker, it's important you understand, you know, it's better to be paid for what you know than what you do because you know a plumber and a plumber and a plumber they you know the point is to connect 
two fittings or to yes. connect the dots. Mm-hmm. The knowledge worker can do it with style and doesn't have to meet a code. The knowledge worker can apply that knowledge in a different way. That's right. And package it in a way that makes them unique. Then they can specifically be in demand themselves. So um, it's important that you know think about your knowledge. Um, because the jobs have been dumbed down over time, and mm-hmm. it's the, 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 so you know you have a choice in the end, and that's, this is the where we set off this 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 uh, choice of what you're going to do in your own business. The choices you have is that you can work your own concept, come up with your own idea, or you can use someone else's idea. And we're going to talk about those two paths. So you know what opportunities now? What do they look like? You know, if you want to do your own idea for you, you know what do you know more than ninety percent of others? What is your expertise? Like the one fellow in Seattle, you know, he knew ice cream. Mm-hmm. You know, you might know a certain service or you might know a certain technique. What do you know more than 90% of others? And then, again, what does your former employer need that you can serve? Because they mm-hmm. have needs. Maybe there's a piece of the work that uh, you used to do that you can go get back and you can do it for more than that one client. Mm-hmm. I have, I have my uh, for years, my CFO didn't just serve me uh, in a small business. He served 10 different businesses part-time. Mm-hmm. And we all benefited from that model, you know. Sure. Uh, and if that's of course that's on your own idea you've got to have an expertise in a topic and, a, and a, some knowledge that no one else has on the other hand if you want to use someone else's idea you know that's called buying a franchise or buying you know buying someone's business but in a franchise model um, the advantages are great because you have a model that's pre-built it's you don't have to wonder whether or not you're doing things the right way you just have to operate their model so uh the franchise choice is something again. People that are in their age in the fifties that are saying, "What do I want to do next?" They can find a franchise, be self-directed, self-employed, and experience the fun uh, and milestones of an entrepreneur, but do not have to come up with the entire magic bullet right. to, to make it all the way through. So, you know, it's important first choose: you want to do your own idea or you want to do someone else's. Usually, though, the, you know, the people that are plotting and thinking about the thing they know that might be able to be turned into a business. That's really kind of exhilarating to see your, you know, your 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 plane take flight. You know, Gary. Mm-hmm, I mean, sure, right? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, even you know, each of us is, stru- is stru- striking out on our own path. That's before, right. right. The advantages you have when you go on your own, like right now in the during recession, one of the things that's a huge advantage is low overhead. You know, uh, I did it. I started my business in my house, my first one. Uh, but employers are. You know, bogging down under overhead right now. There's overhead of you know employee benefits. There's overhead oh, on man. insurance coverages that have taxes. gone up, taxes and all that. So you actually have a competitive advantage. You have low overhead, yes, and so you can actually penetrate and grab some good market uh, before uh, with a price that they can't they can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, another thing I like to do uh, is I like to use someone else's unused capacity and their resources. For example. Uh, there's a lot of office space around that's not being used. Someone's paying the rent on, but they don't need it all. So I, several times, I went in and bought, uh, rented the office space on a sublease that someone else was already paying for, but I, I paid pennies on the dollar. Yeah. You know, or there's a manufacturer that has extra capacity. Why should I buy the equipment? I'll just rent their production capacity or whatever it is the service they're providing. So using someone else's unused capacity is an advantage that might prompt you to think about, well, do I have to do all the whole process? Do I have to... You know, I'll give you the ice cream example. Come up with the flavor and recipe, but you do not have to be the one mixing it. There's people that with, you know, all this capacity to make it. You just, you know, so the idea is what's important, not necessarily how I'm going to do the whole thing, right? That's right. So uh, the other thing about it is choosing a niche when you talk about the what you want to do in the business. Mm-hmm. You got, obviously, that needs to, be, needs to be profitable, but I'll give you an example, um, uh, like an airline uh, model. 
there are airlines that try to serve all these markets. Some markets are profitable, some markets aren't. But when an airline comes in, a brand new one, and says, I'm only going to take just the profitable route. I'm only going to take Dallas to Seattle or Dallas to New York, or I'm going to take one that's uh, to a resort destination. They choose a very profitable route, and it throws the other people that have higher overhead into a tizzy because you're picking off the most lowest hanging, highest profit fruit from the competition. Well, as a small business person looking for an opportunity, great. Start out by picking off the easiest, low-hanging fruit, the customer that can be had uh, for a little bit different level of service and, because it's very profitable and you do not have to serve everyone. I, my, my theme in sales training is you don't need all the customers. You just want the best customers for you. So, We hope you're getting some great insight if you've been thinking about starting up a business. Uh, it's challenging. It's rewarding. And I tell you what, we'll find out next segment what's hot So don't go away. More to come in business with Mike Whitaker. At 4.15 p.m. at an office in Michigan, Angie Hicks is not at her desk. She's giving blood at the company blood drive. At the same time in the same office, Kevin Meehan is not at his desk. He's at the doctor. Kevin has cancer and needs another round of chemo. Kevin will need blood to fight his cancer. Angie's blood will help him win. When you give blood to the American Red Cross, you change a life. Starting with your own. Call 1-800-GIVE-LIFE or visit givelife.org to schedule your appointment to give blood. Not every business or entrepreneur knows what to do next. Many business strategies are old and effective and cannot raise investment dollars. If your department or company wants to find strategic advantages that you can use to leap forward, the team at Idea Gateway is available. Idea Gateway specializes in fixing business models and building growth strategies, and they don't waste your time or theirs. Simple results with Idea Gateway. Call 918-528-3800 or visit ideagateway.com. For free confidential small business advice, call SCORE at 800-634-0245 or log on to SCORE.org. Every year, thousands of people get help from SCORE when starting or growing their companies, and you can be one of them. My SCORE counselor taught me how to create a business plan and make sound financial projections so that I could get a small business loan. I don't think I could have approached my bank so confidently without SCORE's help. SCORE mentors can help with business planning, cash flow management, and market analysis. My SCORE mentor walked me through the steps of identifying a market, researching the competition, pricing my product, and so much more. Call SCORE at 800-634-0245 to meet with experts who have been in your shoes. All I really needed was a sounding board for my ideas, someone I could trust. My SCORE counselor talked me through my business questions and gave me the courage I needed to expand. If you're a small business owner or thinking about starting a company, call SCORE today, 800-634-0245, or Visit score.org for free confidential advice. Score is a nonprofit association and a resource partner with the U.S. Small Business Administration. Taking care of business. Taking care of business. It's all mine. Taking care of Gary Owen along with Mike Whitaker. The show is in business with Mike Whitaker. And by the way, if you have a question for Mike, visit Mike's website at www.mikewhitaker.com. That's spelled W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. We do that spelling because Whitaker is spelled various ways. Some some Whitakers have no H, some Whitakers have two T's, and so mm-hmm. we want to make sure when you go online that you get that right. So, Mike, uh, we're talking about uh, starting up a small business this week. 
I'm sitting here unemployed or I'm looking to get out of working for this person because I need something more challenging. I've thought about it. I'm concerned about my, my insecurities, my securities, I, or I just want to start a new business or perhaps uh, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I've thought about starting a part-time business or maybe mm-hmm. I want to just make a career change. What's hot in business today? What are some ideas? You know, the topics uh, that are hot, I found these, and even my Seattle trip reaffirmed them, you know, anything healthy, fitness, diet, cooking, organic. That could be anything from growing organic vegetables to uh, being a consultant or a service technician for diet or fitness or even cooking healthy meals uh, for other people. People are willing to pay at great margins for anything healthy. Mm -hmm. It has not slipped as a priority to consumers. Mm-hmm. They are cutting back, but they are, they still don't want to cut back on health. It's very important to them. Uh, another one that's interesting is repossession services. Uh, there's repossession a segment. Repossession services. That's a money-making business, It is dude. booming. Wow. Uh, and I mean, so many things are being repossessed, and, and I, I, it's, a, it's a negative, but yet, yes. the, you know what? Anyone tomorrow could get in that business. But that takes Can't. a certain character to have and to get in that well, business. Well, and actually, it? there's a, quite an intellectual group. Sort of personality? Uh, I read, on the, it was in the Inline Flight magazine uh, that I read this, but there's the sophisticated people. It's not just the guy with a mechanic's wrench and a, and a, and a greasy rag uh, t- hauling away a car. There's people repossessing uh, boats, cars, planes, uh, campers, RVs. Um, anything that's pretty much movable, but they're doing it with more sophistication now. They're doing it with class. That's good. And uh, so it's possible to be in that business. Another area that's hot is environmental services, from environmental assessment to even cleanup to, um, you know, risk profiling. And uh, so that's that's an area that's hot. And outsourcing professional services, you know. Mm -hmm. Businesses are taking full-time equivalent jobs, like I talked about, and breaking them down into things they can outsource. What is that? You know, they they have outsourced their payroll. So all of a sudden, the payroll processing industry mushroomed. That was you know ten years ago that started. But now there's FTEs being broken down. What can you do part time? What can you do part time bookkeeping? Part time, you name it. You know, you don't have to be on site to get a lot of the knowledge or task based work done for a business. Uh, anything gourmet, uh, food, specialty spices, sauces, dressings, uh, kits, gift gift baskets. Anything gourmet, people are you know people like gifts and, and things that you consume. People like personality in local fares, you know, uh, whether that's an, an Oklahoma particular salad dressing or uh, uh, you know North Carolina barbecue sauce or whatever it is. Uh, the, anything they can eat and enjoy, it's unique. That's a nice little business. Uh, Micro consulting on specific points of pain in business. You know, not you can't afford enough expertise in a in a small business, but you can hire it. You can find a way to sell your expertise in a micro consulting practice and you can do it part time. And I think Gary to your earlier point about you know if you're uncertain, if you were playing the role of that person that's just thinking they need to do something I'm telling you the trend is that doing something as a family unit that's self directed as an on somewhat entrepreneurial is now the requirement for stability. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, the, the in, as you know, the independence we get from – and the excitement of creating oh, something yes. and the reward versus waiting on someone else to feed us every week. You know, mm-hmm. let's – it's really a fun thing to do. I like to get people thinking about it on a part-time basis before they leap in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're going to – maybe we'll get into our top five now. But top five considerations, really the meat of this – these considerations. But, but in the example you gave, you know – a lot of folks need to think about um, and to talk to their, their spouse about what is it we can do to just make ourselves feel more confident about mm-hmm. our economic future. And I have a hunch that you put those thoughts together, you'll have a workable solution that can start something. The so. secret, though, is whatever you do, go into it committed. 
with an attitude of we're going to don't go in with the negative attitude. Don't let that little negative voice talk to you and say, <laughs> "Well, what if? What 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 happens if?" And oh my gosh, if we lose our shirt, don't think that way. You've got to think right. positively. Go in right. with an right. attitude that, by gosh, we're going to go through this. But the, at the same time, before you commit, do your homework, research, be prepared, have a business plan, do all of the things properly. Get educated about the elements that make a successful business. You know, good start into our, our, our main list of uh, top five considerations about doing your own thing. And our website has a video of me doing this, talking to you directly. If you want to be scrubbed yes. for four minutes about these five questions, go to the website, MikeWhitaker.com, and check it out because we're going to hit the same five points right now. And these are things you've got to consider, and I've got them in the order, I think, are is important. I don't have money first. I have it last. Mm-hmm. I think the number one point is can you be accountable to yourself? You know, are you a person who can make yourself act when you need to act? Mm-hmm. You know, Gary, you and I have to get ourselves up every day. Yes. And it we could sleep as late as we want. Mm-hmm. But we don't. Why? Because we are accountable to ourselves. That's we right. have goals that drive us all day long, right? That's right. And I tell you, a day goes like that. I mean, if you burn half your morning in bed, when you get up, you realize by the time 10, 11 o'clock hits, the half the day is gone. I'm having fun, too. And I feel like I'm able to work harder because I'm not looking at the clock that someone else is managing That's for right. me. I, my own clock is more fun, but it goes sure. faster. That's it right. It absolutely does. That's right. And what's amazing yeah. is when you start your day early, it's amazing how much you can get accomplished. Right. It right. really is. So you've got to tell yourself, you know, I'm my own coach. I'm the best friend I've got. So mm-hmm. you have to coach yourself. Point two do you have something you really love to do as a product or service? I mean, you really have to love it. You know, you're not just because you know how, but, but you have to love it, at doing it for people, because those customers know whether or not you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to love it because at some point, if you're half-hearted in your love for what you're trying to accomplish in this small business, uh, at some point it gets hard enough where you'll hate it. Uh, so if you love it, it kind of bridges you into getting through the tough spots. Um, because just making a living is not enough reason. So I think when you combine, um, it's a good idea for us to think about our own business, but also um, my passion, uh, that's important. You can combine those two. All right, point three, um, if you have the ability to coach yourself and be accountable and you have a passion, all right, what knowledge do you have that can be packaged and offered to people? You've got to get it down to I do blank for people because they need blank and I can do it better than anyone else because of blank. I mean, that's that's a unique need you're trying to fill. Now, can you fill it? Okay? It's not just put up a sign, they'll come. You have to be able to fill some unique need. Okay, uh, If you can design something, create something that's unique to you, uh, then, then wonderful. Uh, if you can't, keep working. You know, But you have to have the ability to create and use knowledge that is unique to you and package it in a way that people will grab it. So yeah, you have to have those three things, passion and experience and talent in the area you're trying to work in a new business. Mm. So, and then number four, and Gary, you you have an abundance of this. Can you be creative? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know any entrepreneur who succeeded who was not able to be creative. You cannot just put a sign up and sell something as an entrepreneur because you don't because you don't have the, the either the budget or the expertise to do everything. So, a lot of things are going to be bridged with creativity. You're going to figure it out. That's You're right. going to talk your accountant <laughs> into giving you that extra hour to help you get a budget bill. You're going to talk someone to come in to work for you creatively because for less money because you you can't afford it uh, but That's right. you're going to get them excited about it you're going to you're going to find your suppliers everyone's going to look at that creativity as is the bridge is really a replacement for cash but uh, creativism very important you have to move with your clients um, and the fifth one is you know the money you know 
do you have a source of capital that can give you enough runway, you know, to prove you can fly? I have a special passion about this part. You know, entrepreneurism is a dream, and if you have the opportunity, you should invest in yourself somewhat to try it out. I think part-time is the most affordable way. But we very carefully go through these five lists, uh, five things on this list, Gary, on, on, the, on the website and video, as well as if you sign up for our e-zine, Smart Biz, you can get this list in detail. But I think everyone deserves a shot. These five things are important. And you've got to gain confidence in who you're selling to, what you're selling, why they're buying, and how you're going to provide it and the value delivered. So, Mike, we only list. have a couple of minutes left in the show. And I know uh, you, know you uh, the listener here, that we say, if you have a question for Mike, just go to MikeWhittaker.com. you got a question this week we this want to This is the cover. question. I thought it was a good one. How much should I spend trying out a small business? In other words, how much of our, my wife and I's reserves, they were saying, should they spend trying this small business? My first answer is, before you say that, I want to know, did you adjust your standard of living to what an entrepreneur's standard of living is? A startup mm-hmm. entrepreneur does not live large. A startup entrepreneur is reserving cash for their dream. So you better have cut expenses. You better have said, how low can we go so we have extra cash to spend on the business? Because believe me, if you're good, the growth of the business will eat up the cash. That's but that's right. a good thing. That is a good but thing. you cannot have two car payments, a mortgage, mm-hmm. kids in private school, and start a new business. You have to have the minimum amount of debt service and the most flexibility month in, month out. You can't have a bunch of payments to make. So that's right. First, please get your lifestyle to that of an entrepreneur, and it's not—it's a—it's not a humble thing. It's just practical. That's right. right? So there's my answer to that. Then we'll talk about next segment uh, or next uh, show, maybe on uh, when we talk about capital, um, how much to spend. Okay, I've got about a minute. Do you have any rant comments that you want to pass along? I know it's you know the bottom line on this topic is is recognize the trends for self for employment mm-hmm. are have changed and they're not going back. So recognize how that affects you. And then, you se- then what you should do is assess the amount of control you really have over your remaining work years working for other people. Assess your vulnerability. You know, I mean, everyone's – Gary meets that point in, in their career. Where assess how vulnerable you are and then say, well, how much control can I take over that vulnerability and turn that into confidence? Practice something now that you can turn around and sell at some point. Give it away now and practice it. And then venture forth. You know, turn off the television. Spend half a Saturday practicing in the workshop, making, seeing about the business, work over your stove on recipes, whatever it is you're going to do, practice it. And then look into the future five years and ask yourself, in five years, what accomplishments would make me really happy, you know, such as blankety blank. And then, of course, speed matters. Get moving. And then to live is to try a new business. And I encourage everyone to think about that. Get Mike's top five considerations for going into business sent to you by email by signing up for our free electronic newsletter, Smart Biz, by going to Mike's website. At the bottom of the homepage, you'll see the very brief form. Your email address, by the way, is never shared with anyone. So sign up and have access to more content that can help you and the business you do each day, and especially if you're considering starting up a business, a wealth of information. We need listener comments, too. Please, on the website, there's a place where you can make comments, and I appreciate any comments you have, good or bad. It's been a good show, Mike, and uh, if you're, I hope that if you're considering starting a business, you've learned a lot today. We're your champion. This is Mike Whitaker, the Defender-in-Chief of the American Entrepreneur, and I go out and make it a great week. So until next week, Mike, Gary Owen, bidding you a successful business week. Have a good week.